G'day Aussie Gridiron fans and welcome to another episode of G'day Gridiron, uh, another in our series of AFC versus NFC. We are of course doing the NFC side of the 2019 draft review or recap, whichever way you would like to call it. We did our AFC episode last week uh, and it was a pretty good episode. We had a bit of fun doing it, a lot of good chats with boys. Uh, and of course, all the boys are back once again. Manjot, Mark, Brad, all are in the house. How are we doing, lads? Boys, back in town. <laughs> Please, no, don't say. Don't say. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, how are you doing? Doing well, boys. How are we all? Doing good. Excellent. Doing good. I'm always excellent. All right. So. Excellent. We are going to jump in uh, and try and nail the rest of this 2019 draft review. Of course, last week was was a whole bunch of fun. Um, it was good, some good talking. And I reckon, having a bit of a look through the NFC side, I reckon there's going to be some really good talking points in amongst some of these teams as well. I seem to have found a lot of players that seem to be intertwined between these teams um, from the same draft class. So that's going to be some interesting stuff. So, uh, as we did with the AFC, let's start off with the NFC East. Uh, and Manjot's going to kick us off today with the New York Giants. That's mm. the New York Football Giants. Very interesting draft for them because they have three first-round picks in this one through various means, various trades. So, firstly, the sixth overall pick, Daniel Jones out of Duke, the quarterback. It was a very... Very controversial pick at the time. I remember what I said. I was like, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, he could have gone at 17. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what um 16-year-old me was saying. He was trying to be too much of a big shot NFL draft analyst right there. But you know, I have the taste for that. We'll, we'll I'll I'll post that during the week somewhere. But look, Daniel Jones, quarterback from Duke. I thought I thought it was a decent move. In hindsight, he, he struggled to start his career, but since then he's really taken off. And especially last year with Dayball, once he started, it, it's taken off. And while I was a bit skeptical of that four-year, hundred sixty million dollar contract he got, well, look, he got he got another contract, and I think that shows that the Giants have seen this as a successful pick. So, look, I, I think I'll be willing to take an L on that one in general with the Daniel Jones analysis. Moving on, um, pick 17 they had in the first round as well. Dexter Lawrence, a defensive tackle. He's been really good for them as well. This is a pick they got in the Odell Beckham Jr. trade as well. So Dexter Lawrence, him, Leonard Williams on that defensive line, as long along with Aziz Olajari. I talked about a lot in Good A Gridiron last year, this defensive line really impressing me, and I think Dexter Lawrence, massive piece in that D-line. Um, the 30th overall pick, DeAndre Baker, only lasted a season in New York until he got in trouble with the law, and since then he got cut. KC picked him up, and then he got cut, and now he's currently a free agent. So, yeah, a bit of a misstep from the Giants, although it's not really their fault. Other notable picks, you had Julian Love in the fourth round. He's now with Seattle. He used to be a cornerback. They moved to safety. It's pretty decent for the Giants in, in the time he got there. Darius Slayton, 
uh, oh, in round five. Very mm. good steal. That's a steal. They recently signed him as well. To an, uh, they re-signed him. So it was really, really good for them as well to get Slayton back on the team. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I've got for the Giants as their big picks. They had O'Shane uh, Zeminez, uh, Ryan Connolly, uh, Corey Ballantyne, George Asafo, Adjay, and Chris Slayton, not related to Darius. Uh, I did do some background research into that, obviously. But look, from this sort of class, you got one, two, four. Uh, Three quality contributors in Jones, Lawrence, and Slayton. You also had a couple guys like Julian Love who really have gone on to other teams. So I, I'd be willing to give this a, a solid B plus or A minus for the Giants. They did pretty well considering they hit on two of their three first round picks. I think they actually did really well. And the success rate is usually a 50 50, as they say, a coin flip. So for the Giants, I'd, I'd give them an A minus for this one. It's interesting. You know, uh, you know who was the, the highest rated defensive player, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, in the NFL last year uh, was Dexter Lawrence. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I would agree with you. I think, I think they, I mean, having three first round picks is is pretty special. But um, I thought they did pretty good with it. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I, I think I think if you go on um, the fact that Dexter Lawrence just got a uh, a twelve million dollar, um, well, they just exercised a twelve million dollar uh, option for him. Yeah, and then um, Darius Slayton, who was at a, an amazing pick, so obviously they've re-signed him. And then just the the absolute bag they gave to Daniel Jones uh, this off season. I'm pretty sure those three players alone can um, can really pump this grade up. To, to that uh, that B plus A minus that Manjot said, um, I'd I'd be happy to go with that. Bit strange with with uh, someone else like DeAndre Baker though. He has literally been um, bouncing on and off the active roster at Kansas City since twenty uh, twenty. Since when the when the Giants waived him, um, you would have hoped that a a first round cornerback um, could be doing a bit more with his with his career. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think the other ones. I, I think you get some good good grades with Daniel Jones and Dexter Lawrence, and I think picking up Darius Slayton for an absolute steal in the fifth round uh, really brings that up. It's interesting though what a difference one season makes because if we would have had the same discussion last year prior to the season. I, I would have said it was a bust because of Daniel Jones. Now we're saying it's pretty decent because yeah. of Daniel Jones. Um, so it's just, you know, if, if, if he can continue his, his maturation, then, yeah, it could be a, a great, great draft class. Yeah, that, obviously that was that's his year, his year last year with Dayball. As Manjot said, yeah. it was just obviously amazing. So, all yeah. right, well, let's um, let's move on. To uh, Brad's beloved Cowboys. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you very much. All right. We won't spend a ton of time on these guys because, frankly, it wasn't that great. It was okay. Um, they didn't have a first-round pick because of the Amari Cooper trade. So they gave that uh, – they got Amari Cooper for a first-rounder from the Raiders, so they didn't have that first-round pick. So they completely whiffed on the second round with uh, Tristan. <laughs> 
Kristen Hill, uh, defensive tackle. You, re- you really want it. you really want a decent second round pick when you don't have a first round, don't you? Ah, uh, yeah. And they the problem was they drafted for need. They didn't draft the best athlete, and it's just it's just every time they do that, they suck. All right, Jerry just bites it in the ball. Oh, I, but, I think that's a. I think that's something that happens with every team, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, right, right. When, when you're drafting for need um, versus, yeah, the best yeah. player, absolutely. They, they they hit it on Connor McGovern, but again, a little bit like Dan Jones. So they pick up Connor McGovern um, in the third round, but he he was very slow in developing and he he had a good season this last season but there was talk in his first couple of years of him just being a bust a third round bust so he he's turned it around of course tony pollard they pick pick him up in the fourth that's turned out to be he's a weapon um you know forget zeke tony pollard should have been starting a couple of years ago uh, and then uh, the, the the best value was Donovan Wilson in the sixth round. So really, you got three good guys out of it. You got Connor McGovern in the second, Tony Pollard in the fourth, and then Donovan Wilson, safety, who they just signed again to a massive contract. They got him in the sixth. So if you can get a borderline all-pro safety, a really good player in the sixth round, that really bumps up your draft stock. But so they got three decent players out of it, which especially considering this 2019 draft, I think that's okay. Um, you know, I, I would give it a, a B minus probably um, maybe, maybe a B. Um, so I, I, as a Cowboys fan, I, I'm okay with it. Um, but you can't whiff on the second rounder like they do that that so i could see people dropping the grade down to to a c um it's one of those tomato tomato uh, but i'm a cowboy homer so i'm i'm, I'm giving him a little love <laughs> bit of a cowboy bump there brad that's right that's bit exactly of a cowboy right. Bump. isn't it wild is it wild when you talk about drafting for need rather than the best player uh available isn't it wild to think that um the 2019 cowboys could have featured Amari Cooper and DK Metcalf at wide receiver. Oh, Don, please. Why do you, you do that to me? Come when on. you look back at it now, considering DK was was drafted at 64. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. and Tristan Hill was at 58. It's it's that it's that kind of thing where you go, oh, you know what? Could have selected that bloke a bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah. It's well, what, 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 what Metcalf was he the third receiver taken? Uh, oh man, I have to. I have to think he was more than that. No, more than that. There were plenty of wide receivers taken at that point because AJ Brown's in uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He was the ninth, he was the ninth receiver taken because yeah, there's Debo and Nikhil Harry and um, yeah, yeah Marquise Brown. And there's plenty more that were taken, but yeah, yeah. number uh, one, Marquise Brown. Yep, yeah, yeah. So, is it it's it's wild to think that you could have had DK and Amari on the same team. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about Amar- uh, DK when we get to my Seahawks. So. <laughs> <laughs> we will, we will. All right. Uh, anything to add on any of those, Mark? We haven't heard from you yet. Uh, yeah, look, I think the late round value, as you as you said earlier, um, really saved that draft. Like when you can hit on picks that late, typically yeah. I mean, we know that at least half the first round uh, end up being a bust. 
Um, anyway, so to have such little investment in players that have delivered so much, that, that's great return. Um, well said. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, well, let's, let's move on uh, to the Eagles, to the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll, uh, I'll kick us off with that. Um, not a bad draft class. Uh, a couple of guys. Shut up. We hate the Eagles. No, nothing good. Is- <laughs> we're just talking. <laughs> we're talking about the draft class. There's plenty of bad stuff to go. All right. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> um, look, not a bad draft class when it comes to actual players. How about that, Brad? Let's let's preface right, it at right. that. Um, they drafted um, Andre Dillard, uh, tackle uh, out of Washington State in the first round, um, and then. Basically went on to uh, to cut him after a couple of years, or sorry, declined his his uh, option uh, in twenty twenty two. Who then he's gone on to sign a three year contract with uh, the Titans this season, three year twenty nine million dollar contract with the Titans. So the Titans definitely mm. saw a bit more in him than the Eagles did coming out of last season, which is a bit strange because uh, I don't think he had a, a wholly terrible year. Um, and certainly, they're, they're, both their lines were amazing. Uh, Miles Sanders was a second-round pick uh, in 2019. Uh, obviously, Miles Sanders has been amazing for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, and mm. he is—he um, just signed a, a another four-year extension. Uh, oh, sorry, he just signed a four-year contract with uh, the Panthers this year. So um, he's been amazing, and he's going to continue to be amazing with the Panthers going on so um that's going to be interesting to see in a new team this year and then um look not much else happened they signed jj oh how do you say this man Jod, do you know this jj Osego white say i always go to man Jod for pronunciations <laughs> I, I don't know why i remember his but he's probably the guy i remember the most from this eagles draw. so spanish yeah. player jj Osego Whiteside. they signed in the second round uh JJ hung around for a few years. Unfortunately, after that, he was traded to the Sea Eagles for Hugo Amati. Uh, and then he was waived by Seattle and signed to the practice squad last year. He may end up appearing on the Seattle practice squad again this, again this year. But seems like, uh, all in all, a bit more of a bust for the Eagles uh, in terms of their overall draft class for them themselves. But... A couple of the players, not too bad. I'd probably give it maybe a C. Um, And that's only based off Miles Sanders more than anything, to be honest. So, I'm actually – can I lay the boot in this one? Because We we don't need to lay the boot into the the Eagles any more than we uh, need to. Yeah, but I I just – like, I I can see the C grade just because of Sanders, but – they missed on four out of five of those. That was oh, definitely. this is definitely a very hand drop. If you ask any Eagles fan, they they wouldn't give this a C. Like uh, respectfully, and this is not not ripping into you, Ian, but respectfully, they did not drop well in this in this. This no. is actually one Look, they didn't this, they didn't draft well for keeping guys through into their fifth season uh, and for building a team. But they drafted well in terms of picking up players that they later then used for other things. Although JJ, uh, oh, they basically gave him off for a steal. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, they they didn't really do well in my opinion with this one. Like, especially first round, you just drafted a guy who eventually became a backup tackle. 
to Mylata and Lane Johnson. So, uh, yeah, Andre Dillard didn't really pan out for them. The only, the only saving grace was really Sanders. So, look, in my opinion, I'd really downgrade towards a D. It's only um, a, I mean, if you, if you look at uh, – this is one of the interesting ones that I was talking about earlier on too. So they they drafted JJ Asaga Whiteside uh, in 2019. Uh, Seattle j- drafted uh, Hugo Almaty in 20, 2019 as well, and then they traded for him. They traded each other for him, uh, and then the uh, for Philadelphia traded Hugo Almaty to Tennessee for a seventh round, 2024, and a, yeah, for what is it? They traded with. Philadelphia with twenty, yeah. So they basically traded for a twenty twenty four six round pick, um, which was really weird. And then he was waived and all this sort of stuff, which we can talk about later because he'll come up a bit uh, with the Seagulls. Well, he'll be there in the Seagulls list that Brad will go through. But yeah, I, you know what, man, Josh, I, I'm rethinking what I said. I'd go down to a D. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Because yeah, that, no. that that situation alone, I'm trying to make sense of what they did there. Is um is ridiculous. So. Yeah, <laughs> no, no I, I totally get you. That was ridiculous. I mean, like, I wasn't trying to like go too harsh on you, Day, and but yeah, I just really can. No, I just, I just realized, I just realized the whole situation with a Sega Whiteside, what actually happened, you know, like, yeah, because he was drafted ahead of DK. That was actually one yeah. of the, yes, that was one of the things. Him and Rager the next year was actually those are two panned uh, drafts. And next year, when we look back at that 2020 draft, oh, boy, like when we look at the Eagles, that would be an interesting discussion because, well, when you look at, yeah, you look at this paired with the 2020 draft, there's a lot of heads calling for um, Roseman's head after both of those drafts. So it's interesting, yeah, just to add to that context. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh... I get what you mean. I 100% get what you mean. So, all right. Uh, let's move on to Mark uh, and the Commanders. Washington Commanders. Um, so, really big draft class for this one. Um, just off the top, just want a um, quick shout-out to... Um, obviously in memory of Dwayne Haskins, who um, I think two days ago was a year since he passed. Mm. Um, you know, hell of a talent and way too young to have gone. So, you know, thoughts to any uh, friends, family or fans of Ohio State or commanders. Um, and in light of that, he was their first overall pick at pick 15. Um, the commanders then traded... Uh, their second round pick and their 2020 second round pick to move up uh, to pick 26 and took Montez Sweat. Mm. Um, then in the third round, they took Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin. Uh, fourth round, they took Bryce Love <clears throat> um, uh, with their first fourth round picks. Second forward. And the fifth round pick, Ross Pierschbagger. <laughs> household name. A real household name. Um, Ross Pierschbagger? <laughs> Ross Pierschbagger. Pierschbagger. I think it's Pierschbagger. Whatever yeah. you do, don't Google that. You'll get some interesting <laughs> pictures. Um, <laughs> so, look, I, I, think, I think in terms of um, uh, actual t- talent that they drafted, I think they did quite well, particularly at the top. Um, 
their, their first sort of four picks, um, obviously outside of Sweat, were, were all offensive. Um, I, I Look, you'd still say I would go with C on that, being that they had nearly 11 picks in that draft. Um, and uh, you sort of, as we were, as I mentioned with um, with Brad's um, Cowboys, you know, to get late round value is unreal. Um, hmm. So it's really hard to do. But um, yeah, look, I'd give him a C. Um, but what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I, I don't have a whole lot to say around it other than I, I would give him a C, uh, a solid C. Uh, I think the late round value is is always something you got to take into a, a consideration. But I wasn't blown away but i wasn't depressed by it either yeah there's not really much i would say i'd say the only two picks they really hit on was sweat who who really came up and of course mclaurin who's a pro bowl wide receiver at this point in his career um yeah apart from that there wasn't too much that i could say it was good from washington in this draft but yeah so about a c would be good enough just for those two picks like carrying I will just mention the two picks they traded so the 2019 pick they traded was then retraded and ended up being Greedy Williams and the 2020 pick that they traded ended up being Michael Pittman so um, oh boy yeah wow. two quality starters wow yeah that's huge actually yeah right uh so well, let's let's move on to the big one. Uh, the Chicago Bears, manager. Oh, big <laughs> one! <laughs> no, oh, I'm fucking. You. You, you right. I'm, leave, I'm leaving your big one to last. Oh, that doesn't sound right. Jesus! Uh, I'm leaving. Yeah, at least, <laughs> at least. <laughs> pause, pause. I will say that. Easy. <laughs> now the Bears, the Bears, the Bears. Now. Uh, the first and second round picks were traded away for Cleo Max, so we can kind of include him into this draft class as you guys have been including players that have been traded into some sort of consideration. But looking at the rest of it, the third round pick, their first pick in this draft was all the way pick 73. They got David Montgomery, and I thought a really good pick, especially first up, they go in there. They, they get David Montgomery, who was a solid starter for them. For so many years now, he's just gone on to sign a contract with the Lions. But for so many years, it's actually pretty good, both in real life and in fantasy football. Um, apart from that, Riley Ridley, he he's a free agent now. He was in the fourth round. Then they then they didn't have a pick in the fifth round, so they went to the sixth round. Um, Duke Shelley, sorry, oh God, such hard letters right there. Duke Shelley was their pick in the sixth round, and He's now on the Raiders. He's had a few career highlights, but not too many for them. And then they got Tariff White and Steven Denmark in the seventh round, both of them. And and Denmark's in the XFL. Uh, White, he's not on a team right now. So, look, just the same as, as the Eagles draft, but... A bit higher, I would say, because they did trade for Khalil Mack with those first couple of picks. So mm. I would be inclined to to give them about a C because it really did build a team in the end um, to be a lot better in 2018. But then looking at the draft class on itself, it's probably about a D as well. So 
Look, I, I don't know how to factor the the trade in of um Khalil Mack into this, but look on on face value, that draft class is about a D, except for David Montgomery. He's the only guy carrying that really. Sorry, two six. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, she's got more problems. Uh, fucking hell. Yeah, you, you want to pause it? Give me two seconds. It won't take a second. I'll just got to find. Yeah, it's what I'm, just got to find what I'm looking for on my computer, and I'll be able to tell her. Uh, easy. Forgot to ask you guys for your thoughts, so I'll just do that in. Easy cut in. What's she looking at? Just, just fuck are you looking at, woman? Right. Sorry, go, Ninja. Uh... It's all good. Yeah, oh, awesome. All right, so what do you guys think about the Bears draft class? Well, I think you hit it on the nail of the head. It's, it's, hard to, it's a hard one to grade because they gave up those two-round picks. Uh, I love Montgomery, personally, um, but out, outside of him, I don't think there's anything that really impresses me. Ridley, um, you know, what, did he, what has he done? Nothing. Um, so, yeah, I personally, I'd, I'd give him a D. Yeah. Yeah, just looking at it from the view. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. I'm, I'm there with you, Brad, 100%. It's... It's really Montgomery. Um, I think the the ability to, with hindsight, to look at what they got out of Mac, great. Um, um, or what they gave up anyway. Sorry, but yeah, you've you've got to factor all that into. I, I would say yeah. it's probably lower rather than higher. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like it's it's pretty indicative of Chicago, though. They're just. They've been in a, a club that's been in steady decline for a little while now, um, yeah. and this this is why this this kind of drafting is why. Yeah, definitely. When you look at it from the view of the Ryan Pace era, that it set Chicago back many years, and Ryan Pace mm. now is is really trying to fix that, as you see in the most recent free agency. Mm. Yeah, it certainly seems like he's really trying to set them on a much better course and reset, or or more reset that course um, so that they can, I guess, not be the... um, the Laughing stock. The laughing stock, yes. But he also (laughs) 
the also rans every year as well. Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, at this point in time, if you go to the um, to the sports betting side, uh, the Bears are actually the favourite to win the NFC North this season. Um, mm. uh, but that's always just uh, really that's always just Vikings disrespect, to be honest. Um, yeah, I actually and Lions disrespect too. Yeah, I'd sleep uh, on both of them. It's it's yeah. it's wild. The actual I don't I haven't don't have it up in front of me right now. I looked earlier today because I was looking uh, at something else. I was actually looking at Ravens. Um, uh, I was looking at the Ravens uh, odds for a few various things, considering they're signing this week. Um, so I was seeing what what had moved and where stuff had happened, and I happened to look across the NFC North uh, and the Bears. It's Bears, Lions, um, Vikings. Uh, Packers at the moment in order, but the Bears are something like a dollar seventy uh, in the Australian sports bettings, and the Vikings, who are third on that list, are at like four dollars to win the NFC North. And I was just like, oh, "This is that's just wild." At this end of the season, we're only just out of, I guess, the the main free agency period, and yeah. Anyway, so it's yeah. definitely definitely on, on that track. Yeah, Ryan Poles is definitely obviously trying to. Um, rewrite the sins of the past, I guess. That's probably how you could, you could term it. So um, it's probably the easiest way. Right. Speaking of rewriting the sins of the past, uh, Brad, how about <laughs> you uh, talk to us about the same old Lions uh, from the 2019 oh. draft? Well, the, yeah. yeah, I'll just say the, the, the 2019 uh, draft for the Lions is kind of the the same old Lions. So, you know, so many people are excited about them now, but you got to kind of think of back then, 2019, they were under a different regime and they stunk. Um just just pretty pretty much. So, they've had uh just since then they've they've had a couple different GMs uh and they've had Believe it or not, just since 2019, they've had four different coaches. So it's really you have to take that into consideration um, when you're kind of looking at these guys. So they had Matt Patricia uh, for way too long, and then they had Daryl Bevel for a little bit, Robert Prince, mm-hmm. and then now they got Dan Campbell. Um, yeah. so I, I found this personally really, a uh, really hard draft to grade TJ Hawkinson. He's, he's gone to your beloved, uh, Vikings. Um, but I mean, w- w- what is he, is he, is, you know, he's a, he's a, tw- he's too big to be a split out wide receiver, but he's not a good enough blocker to be a, a really solid tight end. Um, he's definitely, so, he's a, he's, he's more of a receiving tight end. But, yeah, he definitely. But, but definitely. the majority of tight ends picked after from from about 2018, 2019 onwards are essentially receiving tight ends these days. They're not blocking. Yeah. They're very rarely do you get blocking tight ends anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, considering. They're big, big slot receivers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Considering he was the eighth pick, I don't think it was that good of value. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, you could argue, you know, he's a Pro Bowl tight end. But and then beyond that, 
there's really they didn't do much at all. I mean, th- they ended up cutting their second round pick, Jelani Tavai. Uh, he he signed. I think he signed with Oakland. Um, got cut by them. And uh, Will Harris. He was all right, um, but he also. Uh, uh, they, so they've signed him to an extension. So, I mean, that's a third round pick that, that's done okay. And then um, Amani Uruwaru, uh, <laughs> he, he was a fourth round pick. who's who's made a little bit of noise um, in the league. He's picked up with the Giants. Austin Bryant was another uh, fourth round pick who's with San Francisco. Um, but overall, uh None of their later round picks suck, really. They were all they were all waved. They bounced around. Um, so not I would give them a, a, a C, probably just a solid C. Um you know, Hawkinson's not a bust at it, but also not great uh either. So uh, but again, like I said, they've had four different coaches, so it's 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 hard to fault just the players it's an organizational failure uh from the old regime in my opinion Mm. yeah actually at the time like i remember i was writing a bit of an article on the lions and doing a season preview on them that never got published but look at the time i wasn't really convinced by this draft at all like i wasn't really rating any of these guys um but as you said, you know, Hawkinson, Amani, Oruwarie, I think that's how you say it. Well, um, well done. Yeah, Oruwarie. Yeah, I've heard his name a couple of times, but not too much. But the rest of them, it just doesn't feel like a class that really, really went too well for the Lions. I, I, I honestly feel like, and it's, it's again, look, laying the boot a little bit in them. But I honestly feel like a C might be a little bit too high for for the Lions in this. I think Yeah, I can be... I can totally see I can see the argument for a D D plus. Yeah, somewhere around there I feel like it's more of a, a better grade for the Lions here. I would not I would not lose any sleep if if we gave him a D. It was just kind of a meh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely, definitely. Uh, I wouldn't lose any sleep. Now over we that, never you know. say the name of Matt Patricia again, please. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, think no. we, I think we actually have to, don't we? Anyway, uh, isn't he still somewhere? Where is he now? Yeah, he's at New England. But... Yeah, yeah. So we're going to be talking about him anyway, because we're going to be talking Matt Patricia and, and Matt Jones all season. Um, oh, jeez. Right, senior football advice. Let's um, let's move on to happier things. Uh, the kings of the NFC North, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, all right, look, this is one of the um, one of the final draft. I think this is probably the last good draft from Rick Spielman for the Rick Spielman era uh, for the Vikings. Um, uh, it kind of went downhill uh, into twenty twenty, and definitely in twenty twenty one. Which kind of sealed uh, a lot of a lot of his fate, um, and that poor excuse of a coach that we had as well. So, let's start with first round pick Garrett Bradbury, uh, who has been pretty decent for the Vikings. 
still there, uh, has signed a three-year, $15 million extension with the Vikings this season. Uh, huh. On to Irv Smith Jr. in the second round, who has had a pretty good a pretty good uh, few years. Um, yeah, basically signed oh, – was signed one year with uh, the Bengals this year um, after coming off his time with the Vikings. Um, Alexander Madison, who got a bag as well this season and is likely to replace Dalvin Cook as RB1 at some point if this season, if not next. So he's signed two years, seven million with this season. I mean, we're going on fourth – the fourth and fifth round were pretty much well, almost a bust. No, I won't say a bust. Fourth round was definitely a bust. Drew Samaya, uh, basically guard Drew Samaya, pretty much did nothing. But that seems to happen with a lot of guards. Uh, Cam Smith, linebacker Cam Smith, has been really good for Minnesota, still there. Oli Udo, tackle, still floating about. Uh, Marcus Epps, Armand Watts, Austin Cutting, Olabisi Johnson, Dylan Mitchell, Chris Boyd. This is 100% a Rick Spielman draft who is a massive fan of uh, late-round picks versus uh, quality quality early-round picks. We always love to trade back in a draft. So the Vikings here, we ended up with uh, three, three six-rounders and four seventh-rounders, essentially, <laughs> in this draft. So it has got the hallmarks of that all over it. Um, look, to me... I would think, and I'm trying not to to use my rose tinted glasses for the Vikings here, but Bradbury, uh, Smith, Smith is is a pretty decent tight end. He has turned out to be. He's not world beating by any standard. Alexander Madison really came alive last season. Um, so those few guys, Cam Smith as well. I would probably be leaning somewhere around a B, B minus maybe, uh, only because. I, I really hate the loading up on sixth and seventh round picks because I guess, yes, you got value in in sort of padding out all of your your roster with a lot of really cheap contracts, but do you really get the value in terms of uh, quality, rather, in terms of what you would get in early round draft picks and guys that can uh, help take your your franchise through to finals and later February football. And, of course, that uh, that Super Bowl that um, Vikings fans have been wanting forever. So, Yeah. No, I, I, I would agree with you. I think it, it just smacks of kind of an old-school mentality mm. with the six, the sixth and seventh rounders because it's like, you know, the 90s where the, you didn't have all the scouting and all the analytics and all this type. And you could, you could find some real diamonds in the rough in those late rounds. But nowadays, you know, everyone's the, the kid from Toowoomba who's six foot eight and can bench pass 400 pounds, you know, I, I mean, yeah. Uh, so it, everybody knows everybody out there now. And so you kill it really can't get those sixth and seventh round value picks um, like you used to. So I, I would agree with you. I think, Madison, I like Madison. Uh, I think he's, I think he's legit, and uh, I like Bradbury. But so I can see going with the C, C minus as well. Mm. Am I a little? Am I feeling a little higher than you guys on this one? Actually, I might actually be inclined to get this fast C plus or B minus because I feel like the first three picks they made were actually pretty good. 
Like I, I like Bradbury Smith and Madison. They've all had their highlights up there. Of course, he talks about Cam Smith and Marcus Epps and some of these other guys. They've panned out across the league and everything. So I think mm. I think you guys are being a little bit harsh there. Um I like I yeah, said, I, I like six... I said that the B the B to me was only because um because of the amount of late round picks. I just hate that. And yes, we did get like Oli Udo is still around and he's a good he's good a backup. Obviously Johnson was okay. Um you know, but in terms of that, like there's guys there who have done nothing or, or virtually nothing within the league. And you picked you end up with like seven guys there between the sixth and seventh round, and you picked tackles and safeties and defensive tackles. What he picked wide receivers and cornerbacks, and I think we all know that by the time you get past like the fourth or fifth round, all of the quality wide receivers and, and cornerbacks are gone. So you're picking guys who aren't going to be part of your team in years to come. Yeah. 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 And that's the only reason I'm harsh on it. You know, I guess in a few years' time when we're doing the, the Quasi uh, draft recaps, I'll probably be a lot higher on it because at this stage it looks like he has the, the much different mentality and he has that winning mentality where you're saying, I want, we want, we want, like, better quality players for that cheap contract, not just any, any player for a cheap contract. You um. If you follow the – I'm just looking at the trade map that the Vikings went through, and it's insane the amount of movement they made. Like, to, to start with, they moved from pick 81 back to 88. Yeah. Um, they traded that with the Lions. Then they moved pick 88 along with a six to the Seahawks for pick 92 um, and a fifth-round pick. They then traded pick 92 to the Jets and got 93 and a seventh-round pick. They then moved 93 overall to the Ravens and then ended up with Madison and Mark, Marcus Epps and then um, Udo. So essentially they traded Miles Boykin for Alexander Madison. And for me, that's a win. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. And he's, he's, I think Madison is one of those shining lights of this. And those first three players uh, are definitely, you know, Bradbury, uh, Smith Jr. And, and Madison. Um, and then along with Cameron Smith. But you've got, Four out of uh, 11, 12, 12 guys. You got four out of 12. Mm, it's not really that great, is it? All of those, all of those trades, by the way, all happened on draft day. On draft it, day. That's nuts. Absolutely wow. nuts. Because he was massive. Spielman was known massively around the entire league. The 31 other GMs could ring him and say, hey, we'd like to move up. And he'd say, okay. And what, how many picks are you going to give me? And they just throw fifth, sixth, seventh rounders at him every time. And he'd say, yep, no worries, because he was all about quantity over quality. Mm. So that's me. I mean, I've, I've had plenty of rants about uh, the, those two. I didn't hate Spielman as a GM, um, not as much as I hated Zimmer as a coach, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, those days. Oh, boy. So I've had plenty of rants about those two. Anyway, we should move on from the Vikings before I do start ranting about those two again. Uh, Mark, 
The Packers in the heady days of the Packers in the 2019 draft. Um, so very small draft, not a, not a whole lot of movement, but um, two first-round picks. First one was Rashawn Gary at pick 12. Um, great pick. Um, mm. Their second first-round pick, there was a bit of movement, so they traded their um, 30th overall, which was subsequently traded for DeAndre Baker, um, and their fourth-round pick uh, for a fourth-rounder. Oh, sorry, and a fourth-rounder overall to the Seahawks. And they moved up to pick 21 to take Darnell Savage. Um, I, I, I think that's an above-average pick. Um, he obviously had a really hot start um, as cornerbacks go. Uh, outside of that, there's there's not a lot of here. Like, Jay Sternberger is a very ho-hum tight end. Um, not a great vertical threat. An okay blocker, but, I mean, he's not setting the world on fire. Um, and he was a, a third-round pick. Um, yeah. Interested to see what you guys think. Yeah, one of the guys you didn't mention, Elgin Jenkins, um, the center. Don't, don't remember mm-hmm. if you mentioned him, but he he's, nah, he's been second a round pick. Yeah, very valuable. Him, uh, I think Savage um, has been pretty good actually from what I've seen. He's grown. He's he's a bit hit and miss at safety, but he's grown on me for the most part. Um, like most of the, like the top three picks re carry here, whereas the rest of them kind of just tailor off. You guys get what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think there was, um, no, there was no Taylor joke there. We, we, we do miss podcasting with Taylor, but there's no Taylor joke there. No, I meant, no, they, oh, they okay. tape, tape it off. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't meant to be like an inside joke, guys, but yeah. <laughs> uh, look, look I, I'd have to agree with you. The top three are the ones here uh, in in Gary, Savage, and Jenkins. Uh, and that's a lot lot to do with the fact that, that Sternberger, Jay Sternberger is playing in the USFL. Uh, Kingsley Kiki is a, <laughs> is a, uh, is a free agent. Um, uh I can't remember if Holman is still playing. I don't think he is. He might be playing. He was playing for the Giants at some point. Um, Dexter Williams is with the is with the Philadelphia Stars in the USFL. So yes, I think you're 100 right. It's all about those first three picks and not much else. This is it's a very typical Packers draft, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, of those first three, I would actually. I think uh, Jenkins getting him in the second round was was your best value because he he made the Pro Bowl a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, but and, and and he's played every position on the line, I believe. So um, yeah, but I, I would agree with you in terms of there's nobody of value, and but the players did what they're supposed to do. So in those first couple rounds, so did you get contributors in round one and two? Yes. Um, did, were any of them home runs? No. So I'm giving them, you know, a C. Yeah, I, I probably would too. I mean, you look at the, you look at the 2019 Packers roster and there is a lot of what else could you actually do for this roster? Um mm-hmm. Because there is a lot of really good names on there. Uh, and interestingly, um, Jenkins and uh, Savage 
were the only rookies listed as starters um, for that roster as well. So that they were really heavy. This is a roster with offensively. You've got you at the point that point you had uh, Rogers, Aaron Jones, Devontae, uh MVS, Bakhtiari's there, uh, Corey Lindsley, Billy Turner. Then defensively, you got Lowry, Clark, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith. Uh, Jair Alexander was already there, you know. So that they were they were pretty heavy anyway. Hundred yeah. percent. C, definitely a C. And I'm being generous because they're the Packers. <laughs> All right, let's move on before I say too many, too many, too much more incriminating stuff. Manjot, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. For the 2019 draft review, I honestly, this was one of the very underrated draft classes, in my opinion. Looking back on this, we start off uh, with their first pick at pick number 14 overall, Chris Lindstrom, offensive guard. That's an absolute home run. You, you they drafted the best guard in the league at the moment. He is the best guard in the entire NFL. Uh, I know Zach Martin also up there, um, Brad, but currently <laughs> uh, Lindstrom is um, is actually pretty highly graded. He was PFF's highest graded guard last year. Absolutely well-deserved. He deserved his um, Pro Bowl, All-Pro all honors as well. So, look, best right guard in the league for sure, Chris Lindstrom. Um um, I think that's right guard the league. Come on now. Hey, hey, left. Is it is it Boston the left guard? I remember. No, he's your right guard. Uh, all right, all right. Yeah, maybe maybe I got the two mixed up. But move on to the to the thirty first overall pick. They traded up with LA. Um, the Rams insert their zero first round picks joke right there. Um, Falcons <laughs> traded up to get. Caleb McGarry from Washington. Now, look, McGarry had... Did you just say the miss. Washington? Oh, no, from Washington, <laughs> the, the college, yeah. From the Washington. <laughs> yeah, Caleb McGarry... There is, there is only one. There is only the one. <laughs> yeah. Look, McGarry, I actually honestly thought he was, he, he was pretty good this past season. Uh he has fifth year option um declined actually, uh, which was very interesting coming into 2022. And then he played very well in 2022 to earn a free year 34 and a half million dollar contract from the Falcons. So look, those two on the O-line was pretty good. I honestly thought very underrated. Uh the rest of them are actually more on other teams and uh at, only one of them is out of the league. So you got Kendall Sheffield is now cornerback on the Falcons, only really a backup. This is fourth round, by the way. And they got another fourth round pick. They had John Kaminsky, who's currently on the Lions. Um, Quadri Olison, uh in the fifth round, running back. He's now in the Jaguars. He's also a backup. Uh, Jordan Miller's cornerback. He's on uh, the Arlington Renegades in the XFL. So great name, learn. great name. Yeah, Arlington Renegades. Know. There you go. And Marcus Green, he's the only one of them who's not playing any sort of football right now. Look, 
it's definitely carried by the top team, <clears throat> but I will say that that that's actually a pretty good top two, especially if you're drafting someone who's who's among, if not who's one, if not the best players at their position. I think is a very good. It's a very good sign that they actually nailed that. And then the other one to like support him on that O line, honestly, like. I've been pretty harsh today on a lot of the drafts that we had one or two that hit, but I think this one could land a good CC plus. I think it's a very underrated draft. Uh, the Falcons haven't really nailed much of their roster in recent years, but to get those two in the first round of that draft was pretty good. So I wonder what you guys think. Any agreements, disagreements? I think it's 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 the Falcons. <clears throat> so, um, you know, and they've had a regime change. Dimitrov uh, was the guy who made these picks, and and none of them really stood out to me in my in my mind when I was just looking at them. Um, so, you know, I would I would give him a, a C C minus uh, at best personally. Yeah, that's fair. Fair. That is very fair. Um, very fair, Brad. The New Orleans Saints love it. All right, so they um only had five picks, no no, first, no first rounder, yeah, no first rounder, no third rounder. Uh, but what they did do is they hit on some of them, so Eric McCoy center. They got him in the second round, signed him to him, just signed him to a massive extension. He's been a real presence on that line, that O line. Of course, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. So they he, they hit on him. They let him go, or they, or they traded him rather. Um, they traded him to Philly, but he is a quality player. And then uh, Caden Ellis, their seventh round uh, pick. He's actually a contributor, a solid contributor to the team so when you only have five picks you're us uh, and you hit on your second and fourth and you get something out of the seventh i don't think that's a bad that's a bad uh uh draft we i don't think we can penalize them uh i i just like to say in the word penalize um i i don't think we can penalize them uh because because they didn't have very many picks um, and I think to hit on three out of their five is is pretty decent. So I'd, I'd give them a B. Yeah, I actually agree. Considering the low amount of draft capital that they had too, to hit three out of five from their positions definitely got to be about a B. And it's really reflective of the Saints as an organization. They've really hit on a lot of picks in recent years, even though they're they've been in a bit of a rebuild, retool mode, whatever they want to call it. And they've actually hit on a few of these picks. So look, I thought that was pretty good. Um yeah, I, I do agree with you, Brad. Yeah, B is a good grade for them. Righto. Well let's move on to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, for the 2019 draft, Panthers picked a um a few players uh and did had a few moves in 2019. Uh, 
First rounder, Brian Burns, defensive end, uh, has been a pretty decent player for the Panthers over over his years. Uh, they picked up his option, his fifth-year option. Um, so he's still there for this season, will be a free agent in 2024 at this point. Uh, in the second round, they actually uh, traded up to 37 um, with Seattle. So they traded Seattle uh, for their 37th pick, gave uh, Seattle back Carolina's third, second and third ones, the so 47th and 77th, and they picked hmm. Greg Little, offensive tackle out of Ole Miss, uh, who then ended up injured for the majority of his time at um, at Carolina, uh, and then they recently traded him to Mark's uh, Dolphins um, for, a yeah, for a 2022 seventh round pick. Um, so he's been uh, a whirlwind for the Carolina Panthers. And in the third round, they picked quarterback Will Greer, who is now at the Cowboys Brad, as a backup oh. QB for a million dollars. One million yeah. dollar QB. He's uh, setting the world on fire, Will Greer is. Of course, they did pick some others in there. Uh, Christian Miller in the fourth round, Jordan Scarlett in the fifth, Dennis Daly in the sixth, uh, Terry Goodwin in the seventh. Uh, look, overall, pretty big bust, I would say, by the, um, by the Panthers, apart from Brian Burns, who has been with the team for, for many years uh, and done some good things um, yep. on the defensive side of the ball. The rest of this 2019 draft is pretty much a bust. Uh, and I would have to say that you're going all the way down to a D for me for these guys. Oh, yeah. yeah, the the only thing that I think they could potentially salvage it, and you mentioned him, was, is uh, – at daily, the six round tackle, because he is a starter for them, or at least he, he played in every game this last season. Um, so to get a, a solid contributor in the sixth round is is important. But yeah, except except that they recently just um, sent him to the Cardinals, or he signed yeah, to okay. the Cardinals. Fair, so yeah, fair again, <laughs> yeah. Uh, interestingly, not- interestingly, they actually um, they traded back. Uh, with Denver to where they to where they picked Dennis Daly. So, um, yeah, fun fun oh, fact. Uh, yes, fun fact. The uh, two, 2019 Carolina Panthers, their offensive coordinator was the legendary North Turner. Thank oh. you very much. Who led the country three Super Bowls in the nineties? <laughs> Just a fun fact. <laughs> Just a good fun fact. Yeah, uh, um, Panthers. Huh? Yeah, I bet Mark can tell you uh, about how bad Greg Little is because I did did notice a little bit of my uh, quick read about him um, that he had gave up a fifteen point seven pressure percent pressure rate in a week six game against the Vikings last year for the Dolphins, and that earned him a PFF pass blocking grade of one point five on a scale of zero to a hundred. So, look at well, you pulling out the stats. Yeah, look. You know what's you know what's even sadder? He wasn't even our worst lineman. Oh. <laughs> it got worse. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
God, that Dolphins line was real bad, man. You could definitely tell. Oh. Yeah. Mark can tell us all about we get those, pack, those You could get those sled things with the just the mounted people. They would have been a better offensive line than what we had that year. It was bad. Yeah, get them blocking sets. Yeah. <laughs> the blocking sleds. Oh, man. Those things, yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, if I just, just one, one. Yeah. No, go, mate. Go. Go, Mark. No, no, go Brian Burns. I, I agree. He sees sort of where I'm going anyway. So you go, Manja. Yeah. No, I was going to say, like, where they got him, absolute steal, in my opinion. He actually slid He slid on draft day, I'm pretty sure. And, and he was actually one of the questions about draft day that a lot – I do remember there was a bit of a push from a couple of prominent Niners uh, fans as well on Instagram for Brian Burns. So, look, he was a guy that I was really high on coming into the draft mainly because he was generating a lot of buzz around everywhere. And to see him fall like that was really, really fascinating. So Panthers got a steal in him. He could have definitely been a top five pick by by what people were saying around me. But, yeah. Yeah, I agree. He's wildly talented. The only um, – just wanted to add, just with the, the trades where they took uh, Greg Little at pick 37 – um, the 77th overall they traded ended up being Chase Winovich. Oh. So, yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Not bad. What about that? Uh, while you're on that, the 47th was the other one. Oh, that was Marquise Blair. So, that's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not too bad. All right. Uh, Mark, bring us home in the NFC South with the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay. Um, so, Actually, a really interesting draft. This is probably one of my better ones that you you gave me to to look at on the NFC side. So, um, pick five overall, first round was Devin White, linebacker. Um, great pick, like such a good player. Um, probably, uh, arguably, one of the better players in the entire class that I, I've I've got to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, second, they had one second round pick, which is Sean Murphy Bunting, who's been traded recently. Uh, two third-round picks. First one was Jamel Dean, cornerback. Second one was Mike Edwards, safety. Uh, Fourth-round pick was Anthony Nelson, defensive end. Fifth-round pick was Matt Gay, kicker, the highest-paid kicker in the league. Uh, and sixth-round pick was Scotty Miller, who, for those that remember, went on a real tear the year they won yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah, did, um, certainly did. Brady would- really lent on him down the stretch. That dude won me money in, in the uh, uh, daily fantasy. I kid you not. Oh. He, he, that guy <laughs> helped me make a killing for a couple of weeks. But he uh, he, he helped me make a killing for a couple of weeks too, Brad. Oh, my, my sports bet count went through the roof because all of a sudden Brady started targeting area and we thought it was a fluke the first week. And nope, Brady kept leaning on him. Yeah. <laughs> so his his odds were through the roof, but I was so was my money. So. <laughs> Uh, and and to to get Scotty Miller, they traded Sean Jackson and a twenty twenty seven to the Eagles for their sixth round pick, which was Scotty Miller. Oh. Yeah, it's not bad. That's a it's oh, a pretty I, good pretty good draft class to be honest. I think they drafted really well the Bucks in twenty nineteen. Um, yeah, I think it set them up. Obviously, they didn't know that that they were going to get Brady down the track, but um, yeah, I think that this set them up really well. 
So did yeah. you guys see that uh, apparently White has requested a trade today? Yeah, he did. He I did see that. Devin White, yeah. Um mm. yeah, it's been it's been lighting up um Vikings Twitter, trust me. Is it yeah, because there every there's a lot of people saying that we should be going in um and trying to trying to get him. Interesting. Well, that window's sharp. They're they're not retooling, they've got to completely rebuild. So yeah. it makes sense for him to, to go somewhere else and, but it, and have it, another it, shot. Vikings wise, linebacker is a big need this season anyway, so uh, mm. It would make a lot of sense, and it would be very juicy because uh, he's still oh, he's still he's still a quality quality player. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, can I give this one an A? Because honestly, I think they they nailed it pretty I much so across too. the board. The box, I think this definitely got to be one of the A graders in this whole class because you got Devin White. He had, he was a massive part of that Super Bowl run, especially in that Super Bowl itself, where he was a big part of stopping Mahomes. Sean Murphy Bunting had an interception in each of the first three rounds of the playoffs in that season, so he's a hit. Jamel Dean had his moments at cornerback. Mike Edwards is a good safety. Matt Gay he's he's been hitting field goals for the um the Rams, and then he got the biggest contract for kicker in history with the Colts just this offseason. Of course, we just talked a lot about Scotty Miller and how his connection with Brady was really a game-changer throughout that season, especially when you think that NFC Championship game against Green Bay. So, look, a lot of these guys really were massive parts of that Super Bowl run, so definitely I'd push for them to be an A-grade, to be honest. I would too, and I was looking at the um, I was looking at the the trades that they did. Uh, they actually traded back um, and still got Jamal Dean and Mike Edwards. Uh, so both times it was only the Scotty Miller trade where they traded forward. So, uh, like, you think the luck that you've got to end up still end up with those guys who were pretty good hits um, is great. This is a great uh, this is a great draft, um, and I would give him an A grade for this as well. Yeah, I would too. Uh, just purely, purely based on the fact that they got contributions from almost everybody, almost everybody, um, six out of their seven guys. I, I would give it an A. I mean, when was the last time I, did we see any other team even come close to that in this draft? I think so. Not so. Um, yeah, well, not that good. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, Devin White. He, he is. He's good. I don't know if he's a stud stud but but he but he is good um but overall yeah i'd give him an a yeah it's it's the the contribution that these these players had is is massive i don't think it was just scotty miller in that um oh no in that super bowl run it was the majority of these players in that super bowl run Mm -hmm. so that alone you've drafted so well that the, the players have helped you in a super bowl win super bowls so um, great. All right. We've been padding out long enough. NFC West. Manjot. Oh. Do you well, want to hit this? You... last here. <laughs> no, mate. We said we'd go in order, so I have to keep it that way. It does mean that we're going to be coming home with the Cardinals, but that's the that's just the medicine <laughs> we all have to take. That's, that's uh, a fun one. Manjot, <laughs> talk to us at nauseam. About the 49ers, no. please. No, not uh, at nauseum. <laughs> at nauseum. It, it has to be. This is 
this is one of the I, I would say this is one of the best drafts I've seen the 49ers ever do. Like this this draft really set this Niners team up to go on to be NFC champions in that same season. The the, the amount of contributors let, let's let's start from the top. Look back Oh back please let's thank you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Back when I was watching this draft, right, I was stressing over pick number two. We were just coming off being a steaming pile of shit that was also injured for much of that season. We lost Jimmy G for that 2018 season. So we got the second overall pick. Um, Look, everyone's consensus number one pick in that draft uh, coming in was Nick Bosa. And it was pretty much a tank for Bosa I was praying for all 2018. The Cardinals beat us to that, but then they hired Cliff Kingsbury, selected Kyle Murray. I'm sorry for the spoilers, guys, but um, sorry to get into the other segments. So once they selected Murray, I was like, yes, we're going to get Bosa. Like, I screamed. I'm definitely going to repost that reaction someday soon. But look, once I screamed, you know, when we got Bosa, because I knew in my heart, you know, we got ourselves a generational player. I knew at the time. And Look at what he's become right now. He won Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2019. This past season, he proved himself to be the best defensive player in the NFL. He's He was named Defensive Player of the Year in 2022. So Nick Bosa, sacking right there. Um, massive, massive A-plus for that, that one. Uh, second round. Uh, I'm wearing his jersey right now, and I also got Bosa's jersey too. So Debo Samuel... Um, second round pick number 36, absolute game changer on the offensive side of the ball. He not only can play wide receiver, he can play running back. He can play quarterback if he wants to. We probably need him to. But look, this guy, absolute game changer, another great pick there. Uh, Third round. Now, this was the guy we expected to have the Debo Samuel role. He never panned out. Jalen Hurd, wide receiver from Baylor. Dude, never panned out. He had way too many injuries. So, Look, unfortunately, he it was a massive fail on our part there. But look, we redeemed ourselves somewhat uh, in the fourth round. This was massively panned at the time, this pick. The Mitch Wisnowski pick in round four. Everyone was hating on him. Everyone said he would not pan out. He'd be absolute bust. But look, from what I've seen, he's been great for the Niners at Punter. You don't usually take punters in the fourth round. But Wisnowski, for his value, he's been pretty good. He recently he signed an extension the past season. So, look, Wisnowski, absolute good one. Fifth round, Drake Greenlaw. Oh, boy, that was a good one. That's an absolute steal. I think Greenlaw absolutely deserved his extension that he got recently as well. Back last season after game against the Seahawks, we... We, of course, call him the Seahawk killer here. So, look, Dre Greenlaw, another A-plus pick there. Uh, Caden Smith, sixth-round pick. Didn't really pan out for the Niners. Didn't really play that much. Justin School in the sixth round as well. He had uh, not many people know too much about Justin School. He's not really been around the league that much, except he's been, he's at Tampa Bay right now. But on his time at the Niners, he had an important role a little bit. When he had to step in, when both Joe Staley and uh, Mike McGlinchey were injured this one week and then school stepped in. So there was our sixth round pick. And, and also in the sixth round, Tim Harris is mainly a backup in his time at the Niners, but not too much else to write home about. He's currently in the XFL. Look, I've been pretty much, you know, hyping up the boys there. Look, 
of four quality contributors in in a Super Bowl team in that draft. It was absolutely incredible. That draft set us up for success for years to come. I'm I'm honestly pushing this. It's got to be A or A plus in this, and this is not even minus bias. But look, as much as you guys can like, you know, the other picks weren't that great to get the defensive player of the year and defensive rookie of the year, Nick Bosa. And you got you got Debo Samuel. You got oh man, I, I think I think I better stop before I go on all day. Yes, I'm going to yes, three of my life. Oh, is anybody else? Did anyone else fall asleep there? What happened? Breath. <laughs> yo, yo, what? Sorry, did, what? Did anyone else fall asleep during that? Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was my Tuesday night on a couch. Oh no, man, John, I'm, just, I'm really shitting you. Look, I, I reluctantly, fuck, reluctantly would give this an A, uh, and it is because of Bosa, Debo, Mitch Wisnowski, Dre Greenlaw. I hate these names because I have to give it an A and I have to agree with you. Um, yeah. But yes, I would for sure. I I wouldn't. Uh, okay. Let me be the contrarian here a little bit. Oh. Um, I would not give it an A plus or an A. I would give it personally an A minus and not because of any, not taking anything away from Bosa or Samuel and I am not, I refuse to talk about a punter, okay? I'm sorry, but I refuse to talk about a punter. I don't care how good that punter is. No, it's, it's, where that, it's where that pun is from. Uh, yeah. Utah? Western Australia. Western Australia, oh. mate. Yeah, oh. Western oh. Australia. This is good I agree on, unless you've forgotten, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, and so the fact that they take them in the fourth round, to me, that's a strike against, not a strike for. I don't care what that punter does. It, it's a fourth round pick. Now they hit on Greenlaw. I like that pick in, in the fourth round. So really, I'm only giving them three quality picks. I still give them an A, but it's an A minus uh, for me. So um, I'm I'm not ludicrous. I'm not going to give them say they're a B or anything like that because because of Manjot's points, you, you're exactly right. You got Bosa, who is an absolute freak, uh, and Samuel. But the fact that they took uh, the punters so high and the others were busts, I'm I'm giving them an A minus. I will also hit about an A. You don't get an A. To me, at pick two, you got the player that you should have – they took the player they should have taken. He was yeah. arguably the best player in the draft. It's more of a it's more of a shot against uh, the Cardinals than it is for the 49ers because they, they stole him, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when you are the second player in the draft, you, sh- like, you should be – one of the best players in the draft. Um, but he is a beast. Uh, for me, I, I think the absolute win of the day was getting Dre Greenlaw in the fifth. In terms of contribution from a fifth-round pick, that for me is above everything else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll give him an A. Right, good. Let's move on to a much better NFC West team. Brad, the Seahawks. Man. <laughs> oh. This. Seahawks, you be quiet. The Seahawks, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Well, what do we have? Um, DK Metcalf and nobody else. 
So, <laughs> well done, Seahawks. Well done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know. They had like 20 million picks. They oh, had, yeah. Uh, so many. You know, they had 11, 12, 12 picks. Um, and then. But the but really Metcalf was the only one who who did anything. And granted, he is an absolute beast, a stud. Um, nine, what did we say? The ninth receiver taken in that draft, pick sixty four. Um, he's the only thing that makes it salvageable. Uh, Cody Barton, linebacker. He he had some moments where he contributed. Um, but really, they just busted on LJ Collier. I don't even think I don't even sure if he's playing anymore. Yeah, he's um, with um, um, he's with Arizona. Um, okay, I was going to mention okay. LJ Collier because they actually traded up to take LJ Collier. Oh, geez, yeah, yeah. right. So, <laughs> so yeah, and look look how that panned out for him. Um, well, they're, that they're, was the exact pick they traded Frank Clark to the Chiefs to get. Yeah, got twenty nine. That's the we talked about it yeah. last time. It was a Frank Clark yep. one. It was just yep. nuts. They traded Frank yeah. Clark in eighty fourth to for twenty nine and 90, 92. and then they picked uh, LJ Collier. It's just like, yeah. what have you done? Well, they, they <laughs> shot the bed, is what they did. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, I I think even with DK, I'm giving them a D plus C minus at best, and this because they just whiffed on everybody. I, I think look, we talked about the, the Ugo Amati stuff before, yeah. the nonsense. Yeah. Uh, Travis Homer, who, like, uh, he's been a, he's been with the Bears now for a little bit. Um, mm. DeMarcus Christmas, I think, is playing in the Canadian League. Yes, he is. Yep, Canadian. So yeah. DeMarcus Christmas. That's Marcus, such a good name. DeMarcus Christmas. Um the, you know, it's funny that the Ugo Amadi, just a little side note, I saw him play because he went to Oregon. And so uh, I saw him play at Oregon. And I'm no NFL scout, okay? You know, I, I coach, I'm a coach, but I'm no NFL scout. And I just looking at that guy, I have no idea on how God's green earth he got drafted in the fourth round. And obviously... <laughs> it's nuts. This is the yeah. thing. This is and this is what really downgrades their draft is all of these guys. There's so many of these guys. They're playing in the XFL. They're free agents. They're playing in Canada. Um, yeah, they were on other teams within three years. So D, absolutely D. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was actually very typical of Seahawks drafts at the time, where they'd reach absolutely out of nowhere to select yes. a, a first round pick. Like every first round pick they picked was an absolute reach, and everyone was shocked. Jaws would drop mm-hmm. to the floor every time the Seahawks would make a first round pick in that sort of era. So, look, I, I don't think they'll reach this year's draft with the fifth overall pick. They'll probably get a blue chip defensive prospect but yeah i just think you know it was just very typical of the seahawks at the time to oh. reach on a guy yeah to reach on a guy and then he be but look to reach on a guy to get rid of frank clark to reach on a guy who is an absolute bust yeah i can yeah. just what 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 <laughs> and so 2020 so, picks so, that they traded was end up being jeremy chin so they're like the amount of trades they did in this class was in like you're seeing Darnell like picks that end up being Darnell Savage was one of theirs. Um hmm. DeAndre Baker. Um it's it's nuts. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is actually nuts. Uh, all right. Well, we better move on so we can get somewhere today. Um, the LA Rams. Let's let's talk about the Rams. Um, so the Rams traded, or sorry, the Rams drafted a ton of players uh, in this draft. They, it was um, it was a little hard to go through, but it's um, nobody of massive note, unfortunately. Uh, so. No first round. Um, I couldn't actually find. I was trying to Google why no first rounds. If someone can, oh, the, I I said it earlier. They trade with the Falcons. The Falcons. That's what it was. Up. That's what it was. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So no first round pick. So second round pick. They uh, they picked Taylor Rapp, safety, um, who they actually traded back again. So they were really big on trading back in this one. Uh, third round they drafted Daryl Henderson, uh, running back. David Long, uh, Bobby Evans. Fourth round, they got Greg Gaines. Um, fifth round, David Edwards. Seventh round, Nick Scott and Dakota Allen. Look, not a lot of these guys have done much since. Uh, and as I said, the Rams are really big on trading back in this draft. Um, not 100%. I don't 100% know why. But I guess it's a similar situation for me as with the, the Vikings talk that I had earlier where we're going for a lot of Quantity over quality by the looks of it. Um, so we're just trading back and picking up more picks uh, for for seemingly no reason. Daryl Henderson uh, ended up being good for maybe a year or two. Um, he ended up being waived by the Rams and then claimed off waivers by Jacksonville and subsequently waived again within a couple of weeks. Uh, so he's claimed off Waivers November 23rd by Jacksonville and then waived on December 9th. That was a bit of a shit show. Um, as last year, what seemed to be with a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, Greg Gaines is a buccaneer now. David Long's a raider. Bobby Evans is uh, on the Vikings practice squad. Um, David Edwards is with the Bills. Dakota Allen is with the Broncos. Nick Scott is with the Bengals. So... What the uh, Rams basically did here was draft a whole bunch of guys into the later round of from the later rounds into the NFL, who ended up being on a lot of practice squads and backups for other teams. So I don't know what to grade them. To be honest, I'm leaning really, really heavily towards a D. Yeah, I agree. They're, I mean, they've had some decent contribution. David Edwards has done some things in fifth round pick um but you know i'm thinking value for money but overall no i I would give him a d yeah yeah i I think one of the points you raised about why they needed so many picks well they didn't have a first round pick all these years so i feel like they felt like they had to trade back and get more first rounders and more picks actually in the mid rounds to like compensate for the lack of first rounders they had during that era. And I think um <clears throat> I think a couple of their picks, I, I would say rap um rap kind of was good, but he's had his moments where he's been absolute liability and coverage, covering grass instead of players. Uh Daryl Henderson's had his moments, hasn't really broken through. I think Nick Scott for seventh round pick he was a starting safety in a Super Bowl win, and and I think that was actually pretty good value for them. I, I would say 
that kind of does bump it up for me a little bit, just getting that Nick Scott pick uh, along with Rapp and Henderson. I think that bumps it up for about D minus C, a C minus D plus sort of thing. I, I think that's where I'm looking at for this one is I'm a little bit higher than you guys. I just think they got a bit of value there from that Nick Scott pick. He's now on I, the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, he's been great. He's been, he's on the Bengals now and he signed a, a pretty healthy three year, $12 million contract with the Bengals um, for the next three seasons, which is great because he was good. But to me, um, it's still going to be. I mean, I know he was a seventh rounder, so that does bring a lot of that up on the metrics. But I still, all the Only rest a of bit it. for me. Yeah, yeah, only a bit. The rest of it really brings it down. 100%. Yeah. All right. Let's um, let's finish off the 2019 draft review with the NFC West. Uh, and we didn't plan it this way, by the way. This was randomly picked from our last, our last show, The Order, um, or the way we did it. So how about we finish it off with Mark the Arizona Cardinals, and the number one pick in the 2019 draft, QB Kyler Murray. Yes, the um, – yeah. Uh, look, he it, – it was an interesting lead-up to the draft. It was kind of a will they, won't they, because obviously they drafted Josh Rosen uh, fairly high. I think he was pick 10, pick, pick 10 or 11 in the, the 2018 draft. So it was a big call from them to to make the decision to move on and obviously admit a, a failure um, in their um, in their pre draft process the year before um, with all the same staff. So we're not talking new staff or anything. Mm. Um, so yeah, obviously Kyler Murray was the first pick overall. Um, a lot of questions coming out of college. Obviously extremely athletic, uh, great arm. Size was was an issue, but obviously there was a way to overcome that. Um, the big one for me oh, that I, I noticed and obviously was thrown against him was the the lack of commitment to football and, and really trying to, to study and be the best he can at that position. Um, two second-round picks in this draft, Byron Murphy, uh, Byron Murphy, quarterback, and Andy Isabella, wide receiver. Um, who inter- who interesting enough, that Andy Isabella pick is because of Arizona uh, moving up to get Josh Rosen. Yes. So that's that's an interesting tie into the whole Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen uh, thing. 62nd pick overall, yes. Yeah. Um, then we've got Zach Allen, defensive end, was third-round pick. Um, Kim Butler was a wide receiver who had a bit of relevance um, for a while, fell off. Um, Deontay Thompson, safety. Um, then there's just a mix of guys. Um, so nothing much after that. For me, the, this draft kind of, I, I think the ultimate grade is still up in the air. Um, unfortunately, Kyler Murray is still showing that the deficiency he had coming out is still there. If he can turn a corner and turn into a student of the game, which mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm, to, to each their own on that thought, um, that'll ultimately decide how much of a failure or success this draft was. But for me, at the moment, I would give it no more than a C. I'd give it an average. I don't think they've had the success they should have had. Yeah, I, I would. 
I, I, I'm not impressed with it. Um, I mean, again, you know, you made the comment earlier that, about San Francisco and when they've selected Bosa and he's done what he's supposed to do at pick two. And I don't know that Kyler has done that. I mean, granted, pick one, you, you've got the weight of the world in terms of expectations on you. But with it's just his lack of commitment, complete commitment. And we've talked about that here before, that you have to just be a, a freak um, in terms of your commitment level to, to be successful as a quarterback at the NFL. So, um, and outside of him, they, they did have a supplemental pick uh, where who's made some contributions, Jalen Thompson. So they picked him in the supplemental draft uh in, in what would equate to a fifth rounder. And he's been on the team. He's, start, he's started for the team. But uh, apart from from that, yeah, like you said, it, it's it's not an impressive draft, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I guess I guess I agree with you guys. Um, Kyler, he's definitely still up in the air. You just don't know what you're going to get from Kyler Murray. Um, coming, and I don't, I don't think they hired the right coach to get him to that elevated level of what his talent could suggest. So, you know, this this grade might worsen over the years because of Kyler. But, you know, that one good season he had was pretty good. Uh, Murphy, Isabella um, kind of had contributions here. I like the Zach Allen pick. Well, it's a pretty good steal there. Um, <clears throat> interesting draft fact. The Cardinals had both the first and the last pick in this draft. So, we pretty much just went through an Arizona Cardinal sandwich right there in this whole draft <laughs> process. Yeah, which is interesting as well. Uh, you're talking about we end with the start. We yeah. actually started with the New England Patriots who had the last pick in the first round from what I remember, the second last pick. So, yeah, the Super Bowl champion. So, look, it's a very weird weird way we, we went with it, but Hey, it was, and it wasn't, and it wasn't planned at all. Look, I, I think yeah. I'm with you guys. I think, um, I think this draft, this this draft grade for the the Cardinals could come up if, uh, if this season, this next season with Kyle Murray and um and Gannon actually see, bears fruit. Uh, if it was much better than than the previous uh couple of seasons, then uh, yeah, uh, actually, it won't be this season. We all actually it won't be this season. It'll be the season after since he's hurt. Um, so we're likely to see the Cardinals have the first pick in the uh, the 2024 draft. Anyway, um, yeah, I think it'll be. It is. It's ongoing. I think that. I think it's. Uh, I think it's a TB TBD. Is probably what their draft grade is. I think that's that's probably fair, and it is all based around how good. What is the value they've gotten out of the first overall pick in a draft? That would be really if they got the first overall pick in the twenty twenty four draft. There is absolutely no way they pass on Caleb Williams. They will like this. They'll repeat what they've done before, and Kyler's yep. out on his ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one quick, one quick question to finish. How would you guys? really rate this draft overall. We went through all 254 draft picks. So how would you guys rate this draft pretty much like overall, would you guys say? 
Well, for me, it was the first time I've done this exhaustively. Uh, you know, I've looked at first round picks before, but it's the first time I've looked at it, the totality of it. Um, but I, I was not impressed. Uh, it, it, I walked away going, I think teams just pull names out of a hat and throw in, you know, say, I want to draft this guy in terms of the hit rate. Um, the the hit rate is very low. And I think it just goes to show, though, how hard it is to accurately predict how guys are going to do in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and especially, especially the higher picks. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is really just a, it's just a guessing game mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. essence. It doesn't matter how good you can, you look at, um, <clears throat> is that how, how well you look at a player coming out of college uh, look at their tape, talk to the guy, all that sort of stuff. It is still all still up to both how the player and the franchise themselves sort of meld together, uh, whether or not there's it's successful at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and one bad coach, one bad strength conditioner can be the, the difference between, um, I guess, a you know, a multiple Super Bowl winning player or a, an absolute draft bust playing in the Canadian Football League. So, yeah. 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 Got you. Right on. Boys, this has been good. I, I've, I've liked this. This has been a, a pretty fun little exercise, wouldn't you say? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's, great. Love to do it. it's certainly the first time I've, I've, delved into uh, any of the drafts this deep. Uh, and I do like sort of going on, um, uh, I guess, sort of Wikipedia forage hunts late at night as I go down rabbit holes one click after another. Um, yeah, I haven't done it as in-depth as, as I have with this. Uh, and I've liked these, um, the AFC versus this NFC thing. Have we, how we like that? How do we rate that from us? You know, I, lo- I like the AFC and then the NFC. It's a shame we had to finish with, with such a crappy division in the NFC West. But, you know. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I have one more. Just, just No more okay. 49ers. Look, look after we, we did pick up Aziz Olshire and Kevin no. Gibbons. In all right, enough, enough, enough. Come on. Come we on. Mute him. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Mute him. I, I actually I found it really... Um, Really yeah. interesting that when yeah. we each do our uh, we, when we each do our own research that um, you know like I, I'll grade a uh, one of my teams I, I might have given them a B and mm. then like each of you guys have had a different perspective on them and then you sort of take that into account like okay well um, that balances it out a little more so for me it, w- it was yeah. really cool to hear all the different perspectives yeah yeah I yeah. would agree with that yeah exactly yeah For otherwise sure. we can get tunnel, tunnel vision or you know beer goggles and just looking at it from our own perspective, I would completely agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think, I think we'll do these exercises again next year. I think, uh, I think yeah. we'll do the, the uh, coming out of the free agency. Um, we'll have a look at this and then we will, um, we will look at the AFC and the NFC for each team for the 2020 draft. That's going to be interesting. So the 2020 mm-hmm. draft, just to be real juicy in that top 15 in the 2020 draft is, Names like uh, Burrow, Young, Akuda, uh, Thomas, Tangavailoa, Herbert, 
Um, oh. oh yeah. gosh, uh, man, I'm salivating already. It is. It is going <laughs> to be a very, very interesting um, draft review when we get around to that next next season. Uh, but for now, that's our AFC NFC one. We're going to move on to um to our our draft show itself. Uh, next week, we're going to have a a massive show. Um, you will hopefully see some mock drafts from uh, a few of us, if not all of us, during the week out on the socials. So look for those on at, uh, at G'day Gridiron uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and now on Twitter, where I can poke fun at Manjot. Uh, <laughs> you can also find at Pastry Press NFL. Um You'll find Mark over at No Huddle Dynasty as well. Uh, so we'll, we'll sort of post – well, I'll definitely post up any of our mock drafts that the boys do want to put out there this week. Um, I'll do them up. And then we're going to put them together uh, in a way and we're going to have some discussions about the, the first 32, 31 picks in the draft. 31 picks. It's not 32, yeah. is it, Manjo? No, because the Dolphins forfeited their first round. Picks we don't talk about camp. that. That's sorry, right. sorry, sorry, Mark. It's Stephen Ross's fault, not, yeah. not you guys. No, sorry. it's Brady's fault. No, no, it's Brian Flores' fault. It's Brian Flores. Well, we'll talk <laughs> yeah, about that, Richard, Brian. I tell you what, let's talk about that in depth when we get to that forfeited pick next week. Um, so that's <laughs> going to be massive. What? Hang on. What did we decide we were calling that? Uh, Mark. Mark had the name. Mark, I suggested draft a draft a palooza. Draft a palooza. Let's go with draft a palooza. I like I it. it. It it harks back to my uh my twenties when I when I used to go out to um to big festivals. Uh so that's that's great. I love it. Um oh Brad, you would have actually been in the US for actual lollapaloozas, wouldn't you? Uh yeah, you know, but believe it or not, I never went. Oh, <laughs> something tells me some something in me knew that that would be the case anyway, Brad. Um, <laughs> right. So we'll move forward to that next week. So so look out for that. That's definitely going to be out before uh, the draft day on uh, Friday Australian time. So I'm going to hope we'll hope to have that out um, on Thursday Australian time, so you can have a listen to ours, and then we can. Well, everybody can critique us and see how well we do. Uh, yeah, it'll be the week before the draft too, so you guys yeah. got eight days to listen to it. Yep. Yeah. So we'll get we'll get in there, we'll get it done, we'll get it out. Uh, look forward to a really fun 2023 draft, uh, and then into the off season and all the training. Uh, we will be training ourselves, building ourselves up. So yeah. <laughs> what one more announcement? Uh, we got we got the commentary job for. Uh, the Grand New South Wales State Challenge. So you got Grand Queensland, Grand New South Wales, and ACT. All all three teams going to be playing off against each other. Uh, Queensland versus New South Wales in the juniors is going to be a free game series as well. So if you guys want some local gridiron, we've got six games of it coming up on MN live streaming. Excellent, mate. Right. Excellent. That's uh that's in Wollongong on the twenty seventh, twenty eighth, something like that. Twenty fourth to twenty ninth of yeah. April. In so Wollongong, so, so if you're in or around Wollongong, get on down there, uh, watch some local gridiron, um, some of the best in the country, doing what they love, uh, yeah, and playing some some great sport. All right, 
That's us for now. As I said earlier, catch us on the socials. Uh, like and follow these podcasts. You'll find and then just um, just have some fun. Tell us what we got wrong. Tell us what you agree with. All right, boys. See you later. See you guys. Thanks.